This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 25. And the quote of the day is from Stephen R. Covey, who said, It takes humility to seek feedback. It takes wisdom to understand it, analyze it, and appropriately act on it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ruffini, and we're coming at you with information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And we got another great interview for you today. Got the one and only JoJo Mayer on the show today. And for those of you who don't know, is there anybody out there who doesn't know who JoJo Mayer is? I I wonder if there is. If you're a drummer and you don't know who JoJo Mayer is, you should uh, press pause right now and go to YouTube and look up some JoJo Mayer videos. He is... uh, just an intense player he's got amazing facility and chops and he's also got this great sense of groove and he was originally from switzerland and he moved to the united states um moved to new york Uh, i guess it was about 90 i think he moved here in the in the mid 90s um so and I got to hang out with him at his place in New York uh, last week. It was a great day, actually. I got to hang out with JoJo during the day and then went to see Keith Carlock play at the 55 Bar. Uh, I went with Daniel Glass, and we got to hang out that night. So a pretty cool day uh, last Thursday. So this is the interview with JoJo Mayer. Sit back, relax, and JoJo dives into all types of things um, about drumming and just his views on the on the world and society and where, you know, where music is going and, and where things are going in general with the world, which is great to hear some insights from Jojo. Cause he's definitely a, a very intelligent and very intense guy. Um, so yeah, dig into this interview. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Here's Jojo. We are here in New York. We're with Jojo Mayer. Jojo, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking some time and, and uh, for chatting with me today, no problem. We were just talking uh, that you were you were in Cuba, which uh, which I've never been, in, and uh, you were saying that your ear hasn't popped yet. Is that affecting your your yeah. playing? <clears throat> yeah, it does. Well, it's a sort of like a chronic problem that I that I had. It's like you know, I I, I do fly a lot. I mm. do like hundred thousand miles a year. Oh wow! And then kind of like you know, you have like a little bit of like a stuffy nose. Yeah. It can really escalate. Sure. Uh, yeah, but so is it messing with you playing wise, or no? It's just messing with, with, with my life in general. <laughs> Makes sense. So I always like to f- get into how people got into playing and how they caught the drum bug. Um, and you were, you know, you're originally from from Switzerland. And how did you how did you get into playing uh, over there? <clears throat> well. My dad is a musician. Mm-hmm. He's a bass player. So uh, I grew up, you know, so I was kind of born into the musician life, you mm-hmm. know. And um, all of it, not, not just music being around the house, but also, you know, constantly relocating and right. doing that. So I grew up in the Far East, uh, spent uh, part of my early childhood in Spain and Italy so and I didn't actually go 
I mean, I was born in, in, in Switzerland, but I didn't actually get back to Switzerland until I had to go to school. Okay. Um, and I started to play... Well, I just reacted to music because music was around the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Always it was records playing, radio playing. Right. My dad, you know, was hanging out, for, you know, four or five a.m. in the morning after the gig, you know, with with the guys from the band jamming and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so I got much of that like early on, and you know, and, and and started to bang around on pots and pans, kind of like the classic way. Right. <clears throat> and at some point, the they started to give me percussion instruments and a snare drum, and so that was appeared to be cheaper than to replace like kitchenware. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I got into it by just you know playing to music on the radio and play play with records a lot when I when when I was a kid, and and then my drum set became kind of like bigger, and I think when it was fiber fiber so my dad he used to play with Kenny Clark when he when mm-hmm. he was in Paris in the fifties. Oh okay so he was a he was a pro musician. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't just he um he bought one of Kenny Clark's drum kits and that was my first real drum kit. Okay. because uh, I, I think Kenny just left it behind in like Paris and as it was like traveling around. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah and that's kinda how I got into music, you know, it just growing into it basically mm-hmm. so when you were when you were younger who were you studying with and, and what were you studying because now looking at your playing now you have incredible technique facility feel and was that something that you started on when you were really young or did you kind of get into that later on in your playing no I um, well first of all I never had a teacher especially when I was young I mean like I didn't have a drum teacher Right. Which doesn't mean that like people showing me stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there was drummers around the house all the time, you know. They kind of correct. They, they they showed me how to hold the stick, you know, and corrected me sometimes, you know. But they just gave me advice. Like I never really had lesson formal lessons. Right. <clears throat> like my lesson was really listening to the hundreds of records, you know, and that uh, were around the house, like music and and playing along music and and playing with people. Right. Um, uh, so I basically I'm I'm self-taught and 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 I learned by observing, and imitating and right. and, and copying. Mm-hmm. And this is still kind of like I think this has somehow created a bit of like the syntax on on my teaching system, you know, which relies heavily on observation. You know. I don't think you can learn if you're not able to observe. Right. That's really important. That there's something that has been, it's, it's often disregarded, you know, now, nowadays. Especially nowadays that we live in a time where, you know, we have an epidemic spread of ADD, you know, mm-hmm. people cannot concentrate anymore on like anything. Right. So with me, it was different. Like when I was younger, I was completely obsessed about something that would captivate my my interests and I was completely climb into it to the X degree with everything you right. know? and there was no such thing as like you know YouTube or like video so if I saw a drummer and I liked what I saw like my internal you know recording device was completely tweaked so that's why I have really good memory right. I can you know 
um, I can remember a song sometimes, you know, if I, if I hear it once. Right. So I have not photographical memory, but you know, something like it, <laughs> which also uh, accustomed to the fact that I that my reading kind of sucks because I because <laughs> I never got into reading because my my memory is really good. So. Right. However, um, yeah, this is kind of like how I grew into it, you mm. know, and. I mean, but not very later on when when I came to the states in my mid twenties, you know, and then uh, I got curious about some of the missing pieces, you know, in in my my you know technical voc- vocabulary, or I started to understand that you know maybe I was working too hard, and um, then people like uh, Jim Chapin or um, uh, Freddie Gruber kind of pointed me into the right direction. I didn't have a formal lesson with Jamie either. You know, that was mm-hmm. we were just sitting around uh, in, a, in in a hotel room at four o'clock in the morning, and he just hurled all his wisdom <laughs> at right. me. Uh, with Freddie, it was a little bit different. I had I had two lessons with like Freddie, mm-hmm. which one of them was total rubbish. <laughs> it's just total, total stoner shit. And the second one was good, you know. The second one was good. I mean, actually, the second thirty minutes was really interesting mm-hmm. because um, Freddie didn't, you know, Freddie doesn't. He's, he, 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 I think he was widely mis- misunderstood. As far as I'm concerned, he didn't show me any solutions. Right. You know, he just gave me a, a set of riddles and sent me on my way. Right. And it took me about four years to solve all of them, you know. Some of them I solved right away, and some took a long time. But by doing that, Freddie has kind of handed over the blueprint of his philosophy to me, right. which I think not a lot of people have. Actually, even people who study with like Freddie, I would say only a fraction of the people who study with like Freddie and really understand the blueprint of how, of, of his approach of like teaching. And that's what the action was. Right. You know, so some of that stuff was evidently very helpful for me to <coughs> consolidate um, secret weapons for the modern drummer, like a DVD that I made them. Amazing on DVD, a, by the way. Thank I've you. watched it five times. Right. So yeah, I've been I've been studying with that for years. So it's a, it's right. a great. You're DVD. the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that. The Freddie stuff. Um, what was his approach? What, Freddie? Yeah. As I said, observation and study of nature, mm-hmm. really. And when you said you re- when you came to the stage, you realized that you were working too hard. Do you mean you were using too much energy? Planning? Well, yeah. You know, I mean, when you know, when you when, when you're a teenager. I mean, look. By the time I was fourteen, I transcribed every Billy Cobham solo there was. Right. You know, and I could play it. You know, and, and then I went to, to, I started to get, you know, I, I got into Tony Williams, really, who was, who was my biggest influence, and I did the same thing with him. So that was my way of, that was my way, that was my acquisition mm-hmm. of, of doing stuff, you know. However, I didn't really have so anyone at this proficiency around me in Switzerland to actually, you know, uh, not in a musical, conceptual way, but just strictly technical, like like drumish, you know. Uh, so I just uh, came up with whatever worked, solution-wise. 
Well, he would if you have a Harley Davidson in my apartment. Okay. What's going on? Anyway, um, so um, you know, I I got over by you know with with enthusiasm and 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 and, and energy and uh, just and muscle. Right. You know. However, as you get a little older, you know, you can, you know, by the time you're like 30 or something like that, you, your, your body starts to change mm-hmm. and you're not able to pull off stuff strictly on the merits of like power any, anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if, if you look at some guys and what they were able to do when they were, you know, in their mid-20s and then by the time they're 60, you know, they are not able to play like this anymore. And there's another group of people that this disregarding on, on how old they are, you know, nothing stops them, you know, which means, I mean, that doesn't go for like drummers just, but, you know, musicians in like general. Right. Uh, that's because they have their technique together and they don't have to sacrifice any force or strength mm-hmm. uh, to like the, to like technique. I mean, when like Buddy was like approaching 60, he was playing better than ever, you know, right. or even, you know, or... Tony, with 50, could play anything that he always played. However, there's like other people that already they 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 slow down in their in in their mid 40s, you know. And with, with you know with bass players, uh, sometimes you you could see that they start to have problems with intonation because you know they don't have the strength. Blah 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 blah. You know, right. I'm not a technique snob. I'm actually. <clears throat> You know, the reason why I get into technique is basically because I don't want to think about my wings when I fly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's been helpful and, and it's done, you know, and like all, all I do right now, I mean, I haven't thought about technique in like, you know, 10, 15 years. You know, I just consolidated and I thought it was a good idea to maybe pass it on because drummers especially are so mystified about technique because we don't have an intelligent protocol in the Western world when it comes to drumming. You know, we're stupid gorillas. If you, right. I mean, if you compare us to the, you know, the drumming culture in India, we're total cavemen, right. total cavemen. So, you know, on, on, uh, on guitars, on trumpet, on piano, there exists like vast um, library on on solutions to make playing easier, mm-hmm. but not for drums. And the main reason is because um, the protocol of drums has mainly been established in the Western world by military, which is basically don't ask any questions, you know, just mm-hmm. do what I'm telling you to do. Right. And that's the way, pretty much up to this day, how we teach drumming. You know, just do this exercise and do it for eight hours a day and just. Just be stupid and stay stupid. Right. And Freddie was different, you know. Freddie understood that, so that was kind of cool. I mean, not everybody could study with like Freddie because he was kind of like a pain in the ass. Right. You know, he was he, he demanded a lot, you know, and he was super opinionated and scary, you know. So mm-hmm. you had to have him on your on your good side, otherwise nothing will happen. Right. You know. And it's funny to me to hear that that you're not that into technique. Which because, of, you know, especially with the DVD and the way that you play, I mean, technically, you are, I mean, you're completely technically sound and, you know, I think that you have amazing technique. <coughs> it's crazy to hear that, that you weren't 
were you were you fascinated with technique years ago or is no, it, or is no. It just as I said as I said I just felt like I was working too hard right you know I felt exhausted sometimes where I didn't feel exhausted when I was like a couple, couple years earlier you know mm -hmm. like oh shit maybe I, there's there's an easier way <laughs> right to do that I mean you know look there's also a big under, I think a mis misunderstanding you know when, when, when we talk about like oh who's got good technique you know we're not talking about like executing a single stroke roll you know at like pianissimo right. you know flawlessly you know that requires a lot of knowledge about or technique you know but that's not what good technique really is good technique is anything that allows you to express what you need to express on the instrument like in that sense let's say Charlie Watts, who a lot of drummers would probably deny of having perfect technique. Uh, where I'm coming from, Charlie Watts is perfect technique. Do you understand? What, I do. What, what I mean? He has what he needs. It's perfect. It's perfect. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So that's technique is just the method that you use to achieve a certain effect, mm -hmm. whatever that might be. You know. Right. However, I was what I was trying to do with Secret Weapon of the Modern Fuck, uh, 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 Modern Drummer <laughs> was um, creating kind of like a zero point of negotiation, you know, something like okay, look, this makes sense as far as like the physical laws make sense, mm -hmm. you know, you can't escape them. If you go against the physical laws, you're gonna get screwed. Right. Right. So try to find a way with the physical laws because every animal does it. Mm -hmm. So why should should we do it? You know. Right. So I think that was basically what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a, it's not a Bible on technique. It's a it's a philosophical essay. You know, it's it's meant to invigorate people's thinking process. Right. You know. And you would mention listening and observing and. We're in New York, by the way. <laughs> just in case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been quiet here all day. It is usually actually very quiet here. Like, yeah, as soon as yeah. you turn on the recorder, yeah, though, it's yeah, like. Yeah. Um, and you were mentioning observing and and listening, and that's the main, or that's the the way that you approach everything. And I think that a lot of people, for a lot of people, there's a disconnect between okay, I go out and and watch all these great drummers play, and I listen to all these records. Now, how do I? How do I make that transition into that entering into my playing? You know, because I think that people, it should be a natural progression, but I don't think that people, I think that there's some disconnect there of, of how people can get it into their play. Well, this is a little bit of like a difficult question for me, you know, because um, if I have a method to, you know, get things to point A to point B for someone else to understand it, then I will use that technique. But my own process, look, um, I was born to play the drums, you know, I didn't make that choice. I was just like, I can't remember the first time I sat behind the drum kit. It was always here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so if that has happened, then like the question of like, you know, how do you make that transition was not, I never made that <laughs> I had that problem or, or I never had to think about that because I was just 
I hurled myself behind the drum set as trying to figure out a way. <laughs> you right, know? Right. And, you know, uh, a lot of it was suffering. A lot of it was suffering. A right. lot. A lot. Like, you cannot do this without suffering. It's, which I'm like, I think you should not seek out suffering. You should try to evade it, you know. But, you know, the suffering, I never thought about it because it's like a marathon runner, you know. You run marathon, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's painful. Right. But you can't help it. You have to do the marathon, you know. That's, that's when you really love something, you know. You just, you don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it gets tough. However, when it gets good, you will forget about all that. I mean, that's nature too. You know, probably like, you know, giving birth to like a child is probably one of the most painful experiences that you can experience, uh, experience as, a, as a woman. Once you have a child, you, you'll probably forget about it, you right. know? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same so, thing, you know, like giving, giving birth is, is, it can hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, I can't really advise on, on any of that, you know, as far as like the systematic approach. It's like, you know, other than like either you were meant to be a, be a musician or not. Right. You know? And the only person to kind of determine that is you. Not some schmuck out there that tells you this or that. It's really up to you, you know. You give up when you want to give up. You keep on when you want to keep on. Right. That's a, a, a little bit of a, a scary uh, thing to say. But, hey, you know, that's kind of... Nature is a scary place. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. I was uh, I remember a long time ago I sent you an email and was asking you about practice and you gave me some great tips on practicing. Um, <coughs> about, you know, practice what you can't do rather than what you can do, hmm. and some different things. And the one thing that amazed me though was that you don't, you know, that that you don't have a regimented practice schedule. You've never had a regimented practice schedule, hmm. and. Well, okay, let me make just an exception for that. You know, sometimes I, you know, when I'm on the road, you know, I might notice, ooh, that needs time, you know. I, I haven't really put my mind to this and, and I can feel there's obstacles. Mm-hmm. Then I will go and make it very, you know, make a very concentrated and focused effect. And that's very regimented, it's very disciplined, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not like, oh, I do, you know... 20 minutes of Latin rhythms and 20 minutes of stick control and like I never practice like that right right I got it so if you so now if you see something that needs work you'll just go back and, and tweak it and yeah you know and I think that and I, I think that you would agree that whatever works for you is what works for you you know but sure. if you're not getting results then then maybe you need to switch your approach or, or whatever because Absolutely. for me I can never say okay I practice every day between 5 and 7 and hmm. work on these 7 things yeah you know, it's nice to think that, but for me, that doesn't work either. So I totally understand what yeah. what you're saying. Um, so, what what advice do you have for for drummers that are out there now that are coming up and and you know because I think the the business is different than it used to be. Uh, Which business? The music business. The, the, <laughs> the music business is not different. The music business is no longer exist. Right. 
No, you just gotta face it. The music business, that's some 20th century shit. It's over. What's left of the music business is kind of like, that's more related to Toys R Us than the music business as we knew it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's, that's what, like the first thing for like an upcoming drummer is to understand that. You know, that you're not, uh, you're not <laughs> kind of like trying to capture a specter of the past. You know, mm-hmm. that's been like, like the change that, you're, that you suggest has happened a while ago. You know, right. we're not, we're past the change. It's over. You know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the remainder of the music business, uh, or let's say the majors, which drive the music industry, could survive without ownage of the uh, the back catalog that they have. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. The, today's pop music, which is aimed mainly at a logistics of like 12 and 13 year olds, doesn't really bring in that type of money, you know? Right. Uh, you know, you make, this is kind of like, this is going more and more into like a Disney Pixar, uh, you know, um, merchandising t-shirts, toy robots type of thing. You know? Right. Um, which I, I, I agree with. So, um, <clears throat> sorry for interrupt, in, interrupting you, but I thought that has to be made clear. No, I, 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 yeah. I love this, this viewpoint of it because I feel the same yeah. way. So, and, you know, for me, I, I'm still, you know, thinking like, oh, maybe there's hope and maybe there's... Hope for what? For, <laughs> for something, something to come out of, uh, you know, history tends to repeat itself, so maybe it'll, it'll go back to the way... Well, Okay, look, if you have a beloved pet that you were living with for 20 years and the pet dies, <laughs> you know, you can dance circles around it and, you know, and, and hire a shaman. Right. The pet is not going to come alive anymore. It's right. dead, you know. Right. You got a new, if you want a pet, you got to look for a new one, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, don't beat that, that horse. It's dead, right. you know. It's like... The remainder of the people who are working in the music industry are a mere shadow of the intelligence that was once that inhabited, you know, this this branch of of commerce. You know, mm-hmm. we have hipster kids who don't know nothing about anything that has happened f- more than like f- four years ago. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it might not matter to make money, but I'm saying that's where like, that's where we go right now. And there's as much good shit as there always has been, but it's, you have to look for it. Right. You know, like talented people don't, don't stop, but there's more bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's more bullshit, you know, because everybody, you know, it's not about the rock and roll of like, Hey, <clears throat> whatever it might be, you know, if it's rock and roll, it's, you know, rock and roll to me is kind of descent with authority. That's for me, without that, rock and roll is not rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't matter if you play the national anthem and, uh, <clears throat> and mash it up like, like Hendrix did. Right. You know, that's a form of expression of like, hey, look, this is the way I see it. 
mm-hmm. you know nobody does this anymore today not in pop music you can't afford it you're toast right you know <laughs> yeah. so uh, um, rock and roll is dead you know what's, what's left of rock and roll is like um, fashion brands that imitate a certain style of like 40 years ago mm-hmm. so um, so people who have security and jobs and or in establishment can feel like a rock star or act like a rock star right. you know everybody is just interested in like the rock star not in like you know I mean if you look at a lot of the hipster bands they know exactly how to dress they know how to move they know how to how to talk but they don't really know how to compose a good song or they don't really know how to, how, how to play the guitar but it doesn't matter because if they play a gig especially like here in New York whatever their day job is like playing at an advertising agency that their dad owns and when they have a gig you know they pack the place with their with friends and family right you know they don't need to sell records or like anything right you know so that's been that has become the la- like the landscape of rock and roll mm-hmm. in New York City anyway right. you know right jazz is a different different animal you know jazz academia has has choked it to death right uh, which like um, I mean I like jazz you know like um, uh, it's just I'm not interested in the platform anymore right because uh, jazz used to be radical music played by radical people listened to by radical people and jazz today is um, conservative music played by conservative people listened to by conservative people right right? and if you if you compare the first 40 years of jazz between let's say 1928 and 1968 with the last 40 years of jazz then we don't need to have an argument about that anymore right it's kind of pretty self-evident right so whatever the new music is you know music is always going to happen Right. You know, it's just like uh, maybe it's time to look at it in the in the big picture and you know not get so absorbed by like certain aesthetics and uh, 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 labels and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. that were necessary to market, you know, music and put it out. Say, oh, okay, hey, this is jazz. Here you can find it on the jazz and. Tower Records, well, Tower Records no longer exists, right. or on the internet, you know, or, or right. whatever, you know, like, so, a new paradigm is happening, and I believe that new paradigm, that switch that is happening right now, that some people understand, and a lot of people don't understand, you know, I think, <clears throat> during our lifetimes, that paradigm is probably going to switch, like, f- five more times. Right. Because we never had that sort of like an incremental progress in media technology. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like the future is not 15 years no, or 30 years anymore. The future is three years. Right. In three years, everything can be radically different again. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was talking about that the other day that I can't even imagine not having a touch screen on my phone. And that only happened... You know, that happened, what, six exactly. years ago? Yeah. You know, and now you look at it and it's like, yeah, wait a minute, six years ago we used to dial buttons and, have, exactly. and not be able to check your email on the phone, and yeah. have, you know, and it's, so, it's like, yeah, it's like that. I mean, the pendulum always swings back, you know, there's always like anti-cyclic uh, occurrences. Right. You know, it could be like that, you know, the next generation 
will not touch anything that smells like Facebook and go like, you know, we don't want to do that. You know, this right. is, our parents did that. Mm -hmm. That's lame. Many, 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 many factors that, that, that contribute to, to the world going a certain way, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nothing new. That right. always happened, you know. And, you know, uh, just like, am like amplification changed a lot. Sure. You know, amplification. And, I mean, jazz wouldn't have happened uh, without the technology to record sound, you know. Mm -hmm. that, that, that has a, had a big uh, um, effect on, on the jazz would like develop because you could capture an improvisation which you could never do before mm -hmm. and you could distribute it via radio and, and records and stuff like that. You know? right. Yeah, but anyway, um, so coming back to, to your original question, you know, what, to, what I would recommend to a young drummer that is coming up. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, <clears throat> you know, one of, one of the most popular activities outside of actually playing music, which is closely related, you know, I would to some, to, uh, on, on the surface would be a video game. So, you know, you have Guitar Hero, you know, now, okay, you want to be a guitar hero or a, a rock star, you know, put that, you know, put that on the balance, you know, against other stuff that has to, you know, you, if you want to become the rock star, you'll have to have something to say, right? you know. Um, well, now there's a lot of people that are rock stars that have nothing to say, <laughs> but they won't be around. You know, nobody will remember them in, in three years from now. Right. You know, they will disappear. Of course, you can make a couple of millions or billions in the meantime. But, you know, if this is what you want to do, you're better off playing the lottery. Right. You know, unless you have some super influential friends, mm -hmm. you know, with money. You know, maybe it's possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is possible. People did it that way you know. however um, uh, I recommend to enjoy playing music and discovering where the magic in playing music is because it's a it's an incredible experience if you're able to live it a lot of people who play music are not able to experience that because mm -hmm. their their mind is Occupied by by secondary unimportant things that completely taints their experience of of really uh, experience the beauty in music, right. which is sharing and creating something. You know, there's there's many reasons why we need music and, and why we love music. And if you're able to understand those reasons, then you are not a magician, but you are a magician. You're, you you become a shaman. You know, and you can really do things for people right. and for yourself, of course. And that's a, an incredible exchange of love between a performer and uh, someone who like listens to. So sharing is good, you know. Uh, sharing is good, and building community is good. Right. Very important. Even more than ever, you know, you have to build community with what you do. You know. 
and don't be scared but you know just be ready to you know take a hump or two you know right. it, it will you know it, it might happen you know and the difficulty might be a different one than you expect you know it's not you know I'm not talking about sleeping on the floor of like a roach motel you know right you know or doing that sort of stuff it's like you know not being able to have a family because you need to you're on the road all the time or you know what I'm saying or right. not being able to 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 sustain a relationship because it's difficult to make money in this business you know and a lot of the money that is made nowadays is is made by live performing right because nobody really pays money to buy records anymore mm-hmm. not right now so you want to be professional and you want to sustain yourself you probably will have to travel mm-hmm. you know so th- just think about what is it, what will be coming at you do you love travel? Do you like it? For how many years do you think you can do it? You know? I love traveling. Right. I'm obsessed with like traveling. Me too. You know? So it's it's a perfect match for me. Right. Yeah. But as I'm saying, like, you know, be, be be like realistic of like what is coming at you. And um uh develop a sense of economics too, if you want to be a professional musician. You know, uh it's uh, you know it's sometimes pretty <laughs> uh, well it's kind of funny to watch you know like that I mean you know when you say like man in the in, in the music industry you can make hundreds of dollars <laughs> you know but it's true it's right it's really like that's how a lot of kids operate you know and once you st- you know like the, like the earlier you understand you know how expensive the cost of living is right. Um, and when these big put tours that in the, come into town, not to interrupt yeah. you, but like they see these big tours come into town at these stadiums, and you know the drummer that's playing, they're like, oh, he's making, you know, oh no, millions of dollars. Oh no, it's like that's no, <coughs> no, actually, it's quite uh, humbling. Uh, um, uh, if you you can play. And I will not name any names, you know, right. but I, and I and I know it by, um, you know, offers that were on my desk. You know, were literally to go out and be out on the road ten months out of the year, um, playing stadiums and making less than a bartender in New York. Right. Not the same. Less. Right. All right with famous people that you know you walk out on the on the street you go do you know this person and chances are that that a- any random person that, that you pick will know that name right being the drummer for that particular person makes less than a bartender in new york well there was there was that article that just came out from uh from lombardo from slayer he was saying that he was getting like 700 bucks a show or something like that that's great 700 dollars a show he was playing at sixty thousand seat venues, and, yeah, well, and the rest of the band was making all this money. And he was what I know is like seven hundred dollars a week. Right. What I heard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you know what? For a lot of R and B stuff, if you don't if you don't feel like doing it for for that that money, there's thousands of gospel kids in, on the on the West Coast that will do it. Right. You know because the music has been recorded by. Not by a drummer uh, many times, but by a producer. So he doesn't really need a flavor 
from from performing. He just needs someone to to be able to nail the part. Right. You know. Which you know. I, there's a. Uh, a I mean, I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not interested to per, to to participate in pop music right. anymore. I mean, haven't been for like a long time. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and I think you should understand what the pop industry is now. I mean, you know, there was always certain problems about the pop industry, but you could actually make money in the pop industry. Right. Now, as a sideman, that's very important, you know, like, that's very important to know. If you want to be a sideman, chances are you will never make any substantial amount of money. If you want to make money in this business, you have to incorporate yourself. You have to be the guy, right. not the guy who plays with the guy. Right. That's finished. Right. Professional sidemans are an expression of the music industry, which no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Therefore, professional sidemans are dinosaurs. Right. I, uh, well, oh, we, I was saying that I, I play with a guitar player and his, his biggest thing is that he always says, you know, the money playing live keeps going down and down and down because... Money for recording sessions is going, is, is going down. Right. It's like, you know, like a standard, standard session of like, you know, let's say an accomplished guy for, you know, would not go below $1,000 for, for like a session. It, now it's been cut in half. Right. It's like eight, it's like 500. Right. You know, that's a lot. And the price of the the price of living is going up, and the cost yeah. of the you know, and you know, years ago it was always a hundred bucks a man to play at like a, a bar date or whatever, and it's still a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes less. And his gripe was, you know, this guitar player I played, his gripe was always that, you know, these young kids, like you said, the young kids from the West Coast or whatever, they'll do these dates and they'll play for less money. So they're like, well, why should I hire you if you want X amount of dollars and I can pay this guy thirty percent less? Or forty percent less, which I think is this vicious cycle that is, you know, everybody's playing for less, so the people are willing to pay less, and then it's just, you know. Well, <clears throat> yeah, as I'm saying, you know, uh, a lot of musicians are dreamers, you know, which is charming, nice, you know, and and and, and you have to be a dreamer. You have to be a dreamer because uh, you you have to be idealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise nothing good will come out. But um, you know, and that's and that and that's one of the reasons why I think American music has been so great in the last century, because America was really like the idea of idealism was was very strong, and um, we lost this in this country, or, or we we're, we're, we keep losing it. You know, we're not I- idealistic anymore. Right. You know. Uh, so the focus will go somewhere else, you know, and I mean, not many things are coming out of New York anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable here, you know, I'm, because I established myself years ago. Right. <clears throat> but coming here as a young person, I don't really see any possibilities un- unless your parents are rich and, uh, and support you. Right. You know. You have to go to Detroit, you know, right. where you can get cheap rent. It's it's finished. There's no more platform for subculture in New York. 
you know? mm-hmm. and now I mean even especially like all the places that you can live cheaper are now you know being gentrified and they're they're the hit, it's the hit place to live now so now even that place is expensive even in the bad neighborhoods it, the rent is going up because they're saying in 10 years it's going to be great oh yeah I know yeah. no it's um it's a uh, it's a tough situation right now and where do you think it's going for like a young for like a young musician here. right where do you think it's going in the next 5, 10, 15 years 10 but five, ten, or fifteen years—I have no idea <laughs> where it's going. You talk to people that, that you know, uh, at MIT, you know, uh, they're trying to figure that out. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm a musician. <laughs> I'm not the future logic. <laughs> I don't know. Many things could happen. Many things could happen. You know, some it could be very scary too. Look, I'm just trying to make a. I'm, I'm trying to make a. A contribution that I'm able to do, not one that I'm not able to do, right? So I'm concerned. I'm concerned with people's perception as an artist. That's what I have an an influence on. Right. No. Not anyone. Not a drummer. Not just anyone. If like, if if I play at a bar, and the girl at the bar will listen to music in a different way after my gig. That's an accomplishment that I, that I would like to make. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show, show people that, that, that it's possible to be honest and successful. You know? Right. Artistic integrity. Having... Yeah, well, artistic integrity, you know... Um, if if your art is about bullshit, then you know you can still be have artistic in, in integrity. It still is bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So uh, I think that's past. That's important. You know because um, what, what you know we're facing. Let's say. 25 years, it would be in, un, unthinkable that, a, that an act that lip-syncs partially or completely could sell out Madison Square Garden. You know, now everybody does it. And it's not even a secret anymore. Yeah. You know? So that's how our perception has shifted right. from... Uh, or that's how we threw the bullshit filter out of the window. You know, we just eat anything that we're told to, to eat, you know, and that's certainly not rock and roll, mm-hmm. and that's certainly not whatever I'm concerned with, you know, right. like none of the people that, that I learned from uh, did that, right. you know, like Gromsong didn't do that, and Duke Ellington didn't do that, Bach didn't do that, Beethoven didn't do that. Mozart didn't do that. Charlie Parker didn't do that. The Beatles didn't do that. Hendrix didn't do that. Frank Zappa didn't do that. Jim Morrison didn't do that. None of those people did that, you know? Right. <laughs> so why do you think that happened? Why do you think that people were okay with less and less talent and less authenticity? Because people are scared. <clears throat> They're scared to be alone. They're scared to be on their own. You know? They're like... Uh, they're scared to be pushed out. They're scared to not have enough friends right. on Facebook. You know, likes are 
or, or addictive, you know? So you, um, you become controllable, you know? And you're scared. People will tell you what to do, you know? Um, however, whatever. It's a, it's a different subject. It has really nothing to do with music or like drumming, you know? It's just, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to observe it. People are scared. I'm trying to get a gig in New York at a club. You have to mainly get over the hurdle with concerned club owners that are concerned you're not going to bring in too much many people. They're concerned the bar is not going to match like the minimum. You're concerned about this. You're concerned about that. It's not like, wow, I heard you take this stuff is amazing. I want to try to blow this up with you. Right. You know that's what New York <clears throat> used to be like. Right. You know. Are you going to bring in your friends? Well, don't worry. I'm going to bring my whole office. Okay. Boom. Right. They, they don't care if this shit is rubbish. Right. They're concerned. Why are they concerned? Because if they don't match the rent at the end of the month, they're going to lose the lease. Because New York is, gent- is, is, is gentrified. You know, mm-hmm. it's expensive here. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, um, New York is the 1% right now. And if you want to play rock and roll... You got to be against the one percent, right. not for them. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <That> makes, <laughs> Which completes sense. the political speech <laughs> today. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes, you know, it makes total sense. And years ago, you know, when everybody was coming here, and it was like this this area of of. Uh, of almost like a like a revolution and, and people were experimenting and weren't afraid to do all these things and now like you said it's kind of just like unless you want to get in this line well if you, know, you want to ex- really- if you want to experiment you need to experiment somewhere right you know if that somewhere does not exist you cannot experiment not even you know you need a space where the thing can unfold right you know you know, you, you, you need a, a, a platform, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to kind of create it. It's possible. If, it, if it's not a physical platform, then it's the internet. That's where most of the, you know, most of the new stuff that you can discover today is on YouTube. Right. You know, not in the club in the village. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That's where most of the stuff is. So it is a platform. So use it. You know, use that platform. Mm-hmm. I... You know, it's funny. I always think that the record sales have always have gone down because of the internet, obviously. And I thought that that was going to really push towards the live performance. But now with the popularity, like you said, of YouTube and all these other videos, now it's to the point where a lot of times people are like, I don't even need to leave my house. And I don't have to pay for it. I can watch it for free on YouTube or some streaming avenue. Yes, but so, you can, what, so what you cannot like, have... There's one thing that you cannot have, is a personal experience. If you watch something on YouTube, you will have to, you share the same experience, you know, with millions of other people, and you cannot have like a, a personalized experience, you know, like, right. like driving there, you know, uh, going there, right. ordering a drink, talking to people at the show, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, you know. Um, it's different, you know, it's different. And that's what I was, it sterilizes the whole thing that like everything keeps getting yeah. sterilized down and down and down and then you know in a, in 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 a way uh um well going to Cuba was really interesting because 
I mean, I've been, I played in over fifty countries right. in this world, and and uh, and it's all and and have places that I prefer more and and uh, more interesting. Uh, uh, Evidently, Cuba is completely exceptional because of the whole political situation. It's, it's almost a country stuck in time, right? Right, and evidently, you know, the level of musicianship is is incredible there. You know? And uh, everybody that does art uh, is is great and skilled. Right. I, I'm other than you know, like the touristy type of stuff. You know, all the art that I've seen was really, really good. Where uh, you know a lot of the art that I've seen going to the Armory show was pathetic, right. you know, here in New York. Mm-hmm. So the percentage of like extremely skilled output is bigger in Cuba than it is in New York City right now. Which you know, is just crazy. Well, it's not crazy because it makes sense. And you know, let's say in Cuba, there's no advertising, right? The women are much more confident there about their sexuality, about interacting with with guys. Right. Much more relaxed, you know. Less of a game. They're not brainwashed by you know all the. Oh, I need to look like this. I need to look like 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 that. Right. And uh, but anyway, for instance, another thing. Uh, uh, they value human interaction more because that's all they have right you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so we need to value human interaction a little bit more you know and, and and music is a tool of human interaction so I would say like you know if if, if music can help to do that we're going to live in a better world you know like we're going to you know, we're gonna feel less lonely in in this big world where everything is about like, oh, how popular is this guy? How popular is she? Oh my God, did you hear she did that? All the blocks, all the you know, right. all the gossiping, the shopping, you know, all that stuff doesn't really make you happy. Right. At the <laughs> at the end of the day, right. you know what I'm saying? Totally agree. So um, materialism, you know, oh, of course, you know, in Cuba they have other problems, you know. Right. You know, so I'm just keep it in like the balance, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is interesting, you know. That was interesting to like see that um, that the center of of everything is human interaction. Do you feel that they value human interaction more in Switzerland than they do here? You know, once you enter like the Western world, it's like pretty much the same. You know, uh, it's it's a little bit more elevated if you go to cosmopolitan eras like you know London or New York, you know, or like LA. Um, however, um, comparing New York to London right now is um, London has retained still some sort of like a a space for um, subculture, which New York has not. Right. You know that that is. A little bit of like the problem but I don't know I mean you know there's great people you know in New York of course you know you, you, you it's, it's, it's still a, an amazing town it's just not what it used to be right do you think you ever moved I don't know I mean I travel you know I don't spend that much time here in New York you know right. I was like uh, uh, maybe at some point you know maybe something with a beach would be nice you know I, I could see myself like that <laughs> I like warm weather. I like warm weather and, and yeah, 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 sun yeah. and sand. Yeah. yeah, but 
I will always, you know, I'll be always, um, I think as long as my body allows me to do it, you know, I will always be traveling, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, uh, I need different things. I'm maybe a little bit extreme, so uh, I need the, the extreme lifestyle of like an urban environment. Right. But uh, I also like this, the extreme serenity of a, a secluded place. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of need both, but I can't have it at the same time, so I have to alternate. Right. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm the same way, you know, like some days I want to be able to walk down the street and be able to grab anything I need, and then some days I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't even want to see anybody, I just want quiet and, yeah. you know, some nice, some trees and some air, and that's all I need, you know. Um, you mentioned about, about traveling a lot and uh, how, how you don't spend too much time here. Who, who are you traveling with now? Who are you touring with? Well, most, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> most, um, most of the activities that I do are, um, are coming actually from my, from my own projects. Uh, it's from my own band. I mean, like, like in Cuba, I was there, uh, I was doing like a lecture and I was, I was collaborating with, with local people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now next week I'm going to Brazil with, with my band, with Nerf, mm-hmm. to play some festivals. Oh, you're playing uh, the New Blue Jazz Festival, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of it is, uh, is with my band. Um, some of it is by my own. Some of it is... Uh, I don't really... I, I, you know, like maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I shifted my career from, from the sideman more to being a leader or you know, doing my own projects. I still do sideman work, but the, the main reason I do it is to escape the monoculture mm-hmm. of my own music. Because I need to, you know, uh, keep that uh, other side of my, or other parts of my brain active that it will not use if I only play my own music. Right. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's important. So, you know, I, I would do a jazz record every once in a while, or I, I do a pop record. Or um, when I'm around town, you know, I like to go out and just, you know, play sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because I, 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 <laughs> I enjoy playing, you know, if it's, uh, if it's in a situation that, uh, that, that provides the fun element, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, a lot of my own stuff, really, right. mostly. Which is great. And then you're, yeah. you're in control of it and you're... Uh... Absolutely, yeah. So where, if, if people wanted to go and, and find out some more information about you, where can they go? Um, JojoMayer.com Is that all your, all your dates yeah. on there and everything? Yeah. I mean, it's not super crisp updated. Like, I have to get on that a little bit. I do not love the social network. Right. I kind of do, it's a little bit of like a nuisance. I, I kind of feel stalked. <laughs> 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 I like more privacy right. than that, but I understand it's a it's it's a good tool, you know that lets me maneuver without having a label in front of me or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it, it's that. I mean, I we, um, you know, other than my career as a performer and producer, uh, I always interact with the MI industry, so you know, I I kind of help them design. Uh, gear. Right. You know, I did this a, a, a bass drum pedal with sonar. Called, I actually uh, wanted to ask you about that because everybody 
the pedal that I put, I'm not happy with any pedal right now. Yeah. And a couple people have told me to check out your pedal. Yeah, check it out. It's basically, well, in a nutshell, I will talk more about that. I'm, 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 I'm in, in the process to uh, consolidate uh, the script for a full DVD. It's kind of like Secret Weapon Part 2, basically. Mm -hmm. And well, I'll talk a lot about that because uh, um, <clears throat> when it comes to hand technique, as I said, you know, we have a limited protocol of like about 400 years in the West. When it comes to bass drum technique, like we, we have 100 years. Right. And, and we have no protocol at all. We have just opinions. So I was trying to, uh, I'm trying to establish this, uh, a similar zero point with that volume. Because the way we look at bass drum technique in general, I think, is highly in, inefficient. Mm -hmm. uh, there's much more stuff that we could do, you know, um, um, and the pedals, the, the way the pedals are made, the pedals are made to cater to a weird style of playing, uh, and if you look uh, to, you know, some of the guys like, like, like Buddy Rich did, you know, back in the uh, 40s and 50s and 60s with their pedals, you can't do that anymore on, on, on today's pedals, because today's pedals are like medieval catapults. They're really sluggish and so uh, because they're not balanced, the action is, is not balanced. It's kind of like, like a drumstick. Right. A good drumstick is, has a, a, a good balance. The same goes for like a, a bass drum pedal. Mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I, mean, I haven't found a bass drum pedal out on the market which is balanced. So I created one. Right. You know, that's the basic idea. So the, the and the theory behind the uh, the pedal is it's it's very like I I saw it um, I saw it at Nam or Pacers I can't remember which and it's it's simple. I well, mean, basically, like, the theory is it translates the mo the motion of your foot in a one to one ratio. It's linear. It does exactly what your foot does. Right. Not more, not less. But if you so then you can start to work on technique. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want to play louder, you work on a technique that plays louder. You don't use a bass drum pedal that plays louder for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then you have more. Then you have more, more, more control. Right. Like uh, today's bass drum pedal, uh, I would say severely um, clip the range of expression of what you, what you're able to do. Right. So that's that. You know, and, and I work with saving a lot and uh, working on. Symbols like we just finished prototypes for uh, a new symbol, which uh, a couple of years ago I, I developed a symbol called the Omni, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a crash ride symbol. And it was, it was a it was a machine hammered symbol like, with like a bright sound. Now we created a, a hand hammered version, which is really nice. So you know I'm always doing stuff. You know working drum heads or, or sticks or you know, new 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 devices that. Right. Um, I have um, I have some ideas for an electronic device on the clipboard, and I'll, I'll just see. It's, it's just a day, it's twenty four hours, and seven days a week, and you know, it's just a limited time, right? Where I have to decide and what I want to do, but um, yeah, those I, I I enjoy that, you know, right. I, I I enjoy making nice things. Mm -hmm. that are better or building a better mousetrap right, right, right. I like that yeah. absolutely so what are your what's your 
you know, the, the goals that you have moving forward because you've accomplished so much in your career, um, you know, and especially <coughs> playing-wise. Uh, what well, do you, what's really the one, the thing that you're like, I really, this is what I really want to do. I really have this goal. Well, the goal is to, to be able to keep doing what I do. Right. You know, I mean, if I wanted to drive a gold plate at Bentley, I would have to kind of like make different decisions. Right. You know, but right now I play exactly the music that I like. I'm traveling the world. You know, I don't need, I, ha I have no economic worry, worries and I don't need to lick anyone's ass. Right. Which is pretty good if you're an artist nowadays. You know, mm -hmm. Any, anything else is gravy, you know. It's like, well, you know, if I can reach more people, that would be nice, but what I have right now is, is enough. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, I hope that I won't get bored, you know, and stay healthy and I can keep on doing this. And maybe uh, I have a new adventure every here and there. Right. That, you know, then I, I would be pretty happy. Nice. What's one, one thing that nobody knows about you? I wouldn't do this interview if I wouldn't have a concern to, like, you know, share what I'm all about. Right. You know, because it, 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 it appears to interest people. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to know something, he, he can ask me. You know, I don't know what they don't know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, I, I appreciate you doing this because, like you said, I, I think that you're, um, you're not one of these drummers that is out there, like, constantly promoting themselves and trying to be, you know, in the limelight to all these other drummers and saying, like, you know, hey, buy this and here I am, here I am, here I am. So... You well, are I don't have to. What's that? I don't have to. I agree. You know, it's if you have to, what well, I'm saying, you know, of, of, of course you can try to maximize all, all of this, but I put my stuff out there, you know, I mean, I would never, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that, like, you know, people notice what I do and they, and, and they follow it. Mm -hmm. Because without them, you know, I wouldn't be able to support myself doing just that, you know? Right. So I, 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 I owe to the people that take the time to listen to this interview or, or get in their cars to drive to see a show mm -hmm. or, or buy my music. You know, I, I know that. And, and, um, but, uh, you know, let's say I would never post on Facebook, please vote for me in the, XYZ, whatever, readers poll. <laughs> right. <laughs> nominated. <laughs> what you want a couple over here? You have all your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your awards over here. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's an honor. It's, it's nice, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not, you know, I would not do what I do if I wouldn't get that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would be doing exactly the same thing. Right. So I think that's important. That's artistic integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, do what you believe in. And you know, maybe as a, I don't know, sum it all up, you know. That's what I think a young drummer should do, you know. Like do, do what he really believes in. Yeah, and, and not surrender to the bullshit. It's not easy, but it's possible. I think that's a good place to stop. I like that's, hey, a, that's <laughs> definitely some uh, some good advice to, to think about for for everybody. Yeah.
Yeah. Also, um, you know, <clears throat> don't lose your sense of humor too. Right. That's kind of important. <laughs> That's how you get by because it gets sometimes it gets pretty intense sometimes. Mm. You know. So. Um, So, depending on how you look at it, it, it can be pretty funny, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, man. It's, a, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting journey, you know, and it's... Well, it's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, if you're curious, it is. Uh, Jojo, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and uh, I know the listeners yeah. do as well, so... Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Great. Good day. So that was the great Jojo Mayer, a very outspoken gentleman, which I dig. Uh, I like the fact that he is he has his opinion on things and and uh, he stands by him, which is something that you don't see a lot today. And he's definitely earned that right from from the things that he's accomplished throughout his career. Uh, if you want to check out more or learn more about Jojo, you can visit his website, jojomayer.com, or you can visit us, drummersresource.com, facebook.com forward slash drummersresource. We're on Twitter at drummersrsource. And if you'd like to leave a comment or a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. That helps us out a ton. So if you just go to iTunes, search for Drummers Resource Podcast, and then click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a, leave a review for the uh, for the podcast, and I would definitely appreciate that. Until next week, keep on drumming. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.